Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, it's a it's a, a unique episode, all right? We, we are in downtown Philadelphia with the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Kareem Ellis. Kareem, what's going on, man? Man, I am loving this, <laughs> loving this Philadelphia weather, man. I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, so even though it's cold here, and Cincinnati is cold, cold, so... I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be warm. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was going to say, I had to warm up this car a little bit because it was getting a little chilly. <laughs> hey, Kareem, for everyone out there watching and listening right now and maybe don't know about you or just kind of, you know, what your origin story is, mm. I love kicking off every podcast sure. with an origin story because, well, actually, it's probably selfish because I'm just usually always fascinated. Mm. So, so just what was it? How did you get to where you are right now, man? Oh, wow. So uh, there's a philosophy I live by, man, called GPS, My Success. I actually put a, a best-selling Amazon book out about the topic and how I got to where I got to, man, was about just being clear about the vision set for my life. Uh, I'm a strong believer that we're put here on purpose, with purpose, by purpose, for purpose. That means at some point in your journey, you will be pregnant, uh, not knocked up with purpose. As my grandma used to say, the question <laughs> I ask everybody is, when are you ready to give birth and what are you supposed to give birth to? So I'm a strong believer in understanding vision, purpose, and uh, learning that you are a professional problem solver. I know a lot of people out here are chasing money, but I tell people money's the reward for solving the problem. Good if point. you don't feel like you got enough money in your life, nine times out of 10, you're chasing the problem that you're not ordained to solve. So we got to rethink where we spend our time at. <laughs> well, and that does really kind of start with the vision. Yes. And I, I think that's, and, and it's funny, I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this, I'm gonna find my purpose, I'm gonna execute on this. Mm. Uh, but there's a little bit of prep work Oh yeah, that kind of goes into this, and I find that if we don't take the time to set that vision, mm -hmm. then we don't know the direction, and we fall mm. out of purpose super fast. Ooh, wow, you said so mouthful. How do you how, how do we do that? And for people who are listening, like how how do I start with my vision? Wow. So the first thing I'm gonna say is this: is I, I tell people they got to be in alignment for their divine assignment. I'm gonna say that again because mm. somebody just missed what I said. <laughs> you got to be in alignment for your divine assignment. Ironically, we're driving and we're going over railroad tracks and hitting. Mm -hmm. the couple potholes and things like that. Uh, but I want people to understand that there's a calling and purpose that you're supposed to do. That's your vision, right? The problem being is most of us don't even know where to start with our vision. So I tell most people, number one, what are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What what do you gravitate towards? What what arenas of life just suck you in to the point where if it's a book, if it's a TV show, if it's a podcast, uh, that you can sit there and just listen to it for hours on end. You can talk about the topic for hours on end because nine times out of 10, if you can discover your passions, somewhere in the shadow work of your passion is your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. I was always someone who used to want to help people. Oddly enough, man, I went to school to try to be a doctor. Now, here's the problem. I can't stand the sight of blood. So <laughs> I'm the wrong person to have an ER. You walk in with a five-inch gash across your forehead, you're going to die and bleed out because I'm going to pass out, right? And so I felt like a failure when I dropped out of school because I couldn't complete the task. But somebody, uh, a mentor poured into my life and said, hey, what was it about being a doctor that you love so much? Because blatantly it wasn't the idea of people busting open with blood. <laughs> exactly. And I said, well, doctors help, each, help people on a daily basis. And he said, well, it doesn't mean that you are meant to be a doctor. It was meant that you were supposed to help other people. Now you got to take a look at your unique gifts and talents. What are you sitting on? What are you gifted with? What are you talented with? And how do you use that talent to walk out your divine purpose? So I'm a gifted communicator, right? 
Mm -hmm. means I have to take my gift and figure out how do I use my gift to help other people. And then before you know it, boom, here I am speaking nationally, internationally, all across the world, helping out companies, organizations and individuals. And I'm using my my divine gift to help walk out my divine assignment, which is my purpose. So it starts with understanding what it is you want to do and what's the gifts that you're qualified with that's going to help you accomplish your purpose. Now, that takes a lot of self-awareness to get to a place like it that. It does. You know, because I think a lot of people think, when, when they think of their vision, they think of their purpose, they almost have a tendency of kind of defaulting to whatever their profession is, mm. right? And but, but you, you nailed it. I mean, that's not your case, right? Yeah, you know? It's not the case. Like, I'll, I get this quick story. Um, I met this uh, salesperson who started working at a Chevy store, right? Yeah. And um, the manager, the owner calls me and goes, Jay, I need you to come spend a little bit of time with Bert. He's, okay. having, he's having a real hard time, can't seem to figure out, you know, he's just not there, right? Mm. I'll come to find out, selling cars is really not his passion. Okay. So it took me about five minutes to figure out that this gentleman's passion was fishing. He was a retired professional angler. Yeah. By the way, I had to go Google that because I had no idea what an angler was. <laughs> I didn't know um, you just told me. <laughs> yeah. Did you know you could actually have a career out of fishing? Uh, listen, um, <laughs> in this world, I'm sure everything goes at this point in time. There's some po they wanted to make pole, uh, uh, a pole, I think, was a pole dancing? I think yes, they wanted to make an yes. Olympic sport. People so in this day and age, everything goes. Everything's yeah. open. Yeah. But once I got him talking about mm -hmm. where he likes to fish and how he likes to fish and the lures he likes to use, okay. right, this guy just, oh, opened up. I mean, mm. it's just like you could see the stars in his eyes. Yes. And once I said, like, that, that's that's your passion, right? What you do is you sell cars. That's great. But you yes. need to embrace that. But, mm. but you have to be kind of, you have to be in a place where you're self-aware of that. But how do people get to that place? Mm. How do they get to a state of self-awareness? Mm -hmm. Well, I think what happens with most of us, man, we start having victories and successes in our life, mm -hmm. right? Um, put it this way. I tell people my favorite animal of all time is a cheetah. Okay. A cheetah is the fastest animal on land. There's other animals out there that can fl fly faster in the air, but on land, the cheetah dominates. Now, I've never seen a cheetah confused about its gift of speed, right? I've never That's seen that. I've never true. turned on a wildlife <laughs> program, watched two hungry cheetahs in the bushes, looking at a bunch of delicious gazelles by the water hole, confused about what do I need to do to catch my next meal. The cheetah knows it has the gift of 70 mile per hour speed locked inside mm. its genetic DNA. Um, I know an eagle can spot his prey between two to five miles up in the air. So is it fair for that bunny rabbit in the field <laughs> frolicking down below, not aware that you are dinner? You just haven't figured it out yet that that eagle is plummeting towards the earth with his beak open, talons stretched open, ready to snatch him up. Uh, I could say the same thing about a bat. You know, a bat is known for having sonar, which allows a bat to see in the darkest, dankest caves in the middle of the night. Is it fair for that little mouse to scurrying around thinking it's going around undetected that that bat is already locked onto a signature is making its way towards it. So my belief is if is this, if all these creatures were born with unique gifts and talents, and they use these gifts and talents to make their way easier on a regular basis, why in the world do we always walk around here thinking that we don't have anything? That's a a lot of times we walk around here not aware. We're so focused on education, which is what you get from kindergarten to 12th grade. And if you go past 12th mm -hmm. grade from, you know, two years of college, four years of college, or if you're a career college student, you may be there for six or eight years, right? But education is something you learn. A gift and talent is something you're born with. So what I see with a lot of people is they start having success, but they're not even aware how they're getting the success. They're not even aware that they're tapping sometimes into that unique gift and talent. And when I talk about gifts and talents, I don't want anyone to think about what the media teaches us a gift and talent is. Because yeah. the media says if you dribble a basketball or throw a football and you get a $500,000 signing bonus to play for three years, that's what a gift looks like. Or... 
if you star on TV, if you're a movie star, if you're a, a pop star, a rap, a rap star, a rock star, you know, um, that's what the media portrays a gift as. When there's so many gifts that we're sitting on that are intangible, leadership skills, creativity, innovation, you know, there's so many gifts and talents we're sitting on. The problem is we're not taught to identify and master those gifts on a regular basis. So a lot of times our gifts go undiscovered. Yes. And I think once we can get to that place where we can acknowledge what our gifts are, mm. I still think there's a fear yes. around executing on that. Woo! You, 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 you know, yeah. so so how, so so look, I, I I love this because I think we're kind of nailing down the stages here, right? <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, I think there are people watching or listening, and they go, "Look, look, like I understand what my gift is, mm. but you know, maybe to your point, I, I went to school. Mm. I'm a doctor. I, I'm making good money. I'm providing for my family. Mm. You know." But my gift is over here, but sure. I'm afraid there's this fear around embracing your someone's gift. Yes. How do we get over that? Well, here's the thing. You only fear you only fear things in life because you don't have awareness of them, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say awareness of them, you can you can know you have a gift, but you cannot know how to use the gift properly. Put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. As a child growing up, I got in trouble for talking too much. I was a great <laughs> student. I skipped a grade. I went from kindergarten to second grade. So I had straight A's all the time. But the thing I got in trouble for the most was talking too much. My teacher removed me routinely four or five times throughout the course of the year, trying to hope that she could put me next to somebody I had nothing in common with, right? That would never work because everywhere I went, I would start running my mouth and making new friends. So I say that to say this, gifts and talents typically try to force their way out even when we're not aware of them, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is if I use a gift without discipline, it creates destruction. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. When I use my gift without being disciplined over how to control that gift, then what happens is that gift turns around and causes destructive things around me. Hence, distracting the class, disrupting the class, <laughs> no one getting any work done. I'm cracking jokes and everyone's laughing. The teacher has to control everything. Here Kareem misses recess for a week and a half, right? So the idea being is, can I identify when the gift is being pulled out? Mm -hmm. And better yet, once I can identify what the gift is, do I know how to discipline myself with the gift to get results? The most successful people in the world have taken their gift and talent, not necessarily their education, right? Yep. Yep. I'm going to say gift yep. and talent because most of the most successful people in the world, whatever they're doing right now, they have literally been doing all their life in some way, shape, or form. The idea is over time, they learn how to add discipline to that gift, which mm -hmm. gave them mastery over that gift. A cheetah can run 70 miles per hour for a minimum of three to five minutes. If it exceeds three to five minutes, the cheetah's heart would explode because it can't keep crazy. up that speed, right? <laughs> so it has to have enough discipline to know how to use that gift, how to turn it on, capture its prey, and turn it off before it kills itself, right? That's, to me, the epitome of discipline with the gift. If I use the gift out of order, I can cause chaos to myself, right? So I tell a lot of people, once you discover your gift, you got to have discipline with it, right? Yes. If you have discipline with it, you'll have massive success again and again and again. We talked about a su success earlier, and I kind of sidetracked my own self in the conversation. <laughs> okay. But what happens with a lot of people is they get success, but they don't know how they did it. Yes. Right? And they, they don't know how to duplicate it. And they it. don't know how to duplicate it. Yep. It's accidental. It's almost like you having a recipe to make a cake. So you know everything that goes in it. And then you lose the recipe, but you try to try to make the same recipe out of what you thought you knew about what you remember. So you're throwing a pinch of this, a dance of this, you're mixing mm -hmm. this up, but it just doesn't taste the same, right? I do believe there is a formula for success, and it does involve in part knowing what you're gifted and talented at because if you know you're gifted and talented, it makes you the alpha in life's race. Everybody's designed to dominate in something. The idea being is, can I take my unique gift and talent and apply it to where I am working on the job now? Mm -hmm. um, I think this right here is the thing that messes people up. Sometimes the gift doesn't mean you have to leave your job or your place of place where you're at right now. 
Sometimes you can yes. take the gift and merge with what you're doing, and that's what makes you the alpha. If I'm a gifted communicator and I'm working in a call center, right? Mm -hmm. My gift of gab and my gift of creativity, which is something I didn't mention, will allow me to exceed my competition. Why? Because I know better ways to get a hold of people and get them on the phone. I know better sales technique to, to get them to want to purchase from me. I have the gift of communication so I can create trust with that person very, very quickly. You'd be a fool in this day and age to say I want success but not be aware of what your gifts and talents are. And most importantly, not triangulating what you want by using your gifts and talents to get it. I've never seen a cheetah miss a meal because it knows how to use <laughs> 70 mile per hour speed. Well, because it's built into them. That's but right. I, but I think about this and I want, I, like, I love the fact you brought up discipline, right? Mm. Because I think as a society, we actually really, really struggle with being disciplined. I mean, for many, many, many different reasons, sure. right? You know, we're, we're headline readers and mm. we, we're looking for immediate gratification. Okay. And, you know, d discipline is, it's, it's a mindset. Mm. It, it's an understanding that I'm going to get into it, I'm going to fail, but then I'm going to accept the failure and then I'm just going to continue to go with it. Mm. So, so how do we, so, so, so how do, because I'm thinking, I love that we're bringing up the success part too, right? <laughs> uh, I know we're about to a little bit, but I love this because, sure. because I see this happen in the automotive space like all the time. Right, dealership comes off of it. Team mm -hmm. did a great job. They had the best month ever, mm. and then the next month they're not even a fraction at the Ooh. same results. Yeah, because they didn't have the discipline to understand what the activities that were put into, mm -hmm. then they, how they can actually du dip, uh, duplicate those. Sure. So how do we how do we embrace this mindset of discipline, and how do we own it on a day to day basis? Mm. Well, the best way to create discipline is make it a habit. Right. And mm. a lot of people fail to understand that right now you are your success is being dictated by habits, either good or bad. And most people ain't figured it out. We're right now doing this inside a car and you're driving. Right. Yes. But here's the thing. I'm assuming you got your license at 16. Yes. Right. OK. And I'm, I'm not going to ask you your age now. You know, I don't, I don't want to ask you your age now. Cool. But what I'll say is this. You've been driving long enough that you know how to drive the car on autopilot. You know how to drive the car without even thinking about exactly. it. Exactly. Right. So you've got a habit of how you drive. You've got a habit of how you hold the steering wheel. you got a habit of how you sit. you got a habit of how you look and check the mirrors. This has been done so many times. It's entrenched in your mind that you do it without even thinking about it. Mm. Right. For most of the folks out there, I want you to be honest with yourself. When's the last time you had to actually take a look and focus on how you put a shoe on or tie a shoelace, right? Yes. You've done it so many times, it's on autopilot. So there are habits right now that we have that are actually holding us back that are on autopilot. Okay. The question being is, can I identify and be honest with myself of what negative habits I have right now that's slowing down my exactly. success rate? Because everybody has a habit right now that's either pushing them closer to their finish line or slowing them down or holding them back or taking them directly the opposite way. So Scientists say it takes 21 days to start a habit, 66 days to make it locked in stone. Mm -hmm. it, and they also say it's almost impossible just to give up a habit cold turkey, which is why they always say try to replace one bad habit with a better habit. Don't try to go cold turkey. Try to replace one, swap out for another one, right? The problem is we have to have awareness, right? We have to have awareness of when the bad habit is in action. So let me take my dogs, for okay. example, because I want folks to really grasp this. Yeah. I got three Yorkies. And when I first got them as puppies, they were absolutely adorable, right? They were so cute as of puppies course. that I didn't mind them peeing in the house. I can clean up that little blotch. I mean, just too cute for me to spank you. I mean, he's just, you know, I, I can deal with it. And then as they start to mature in age, that, that little puppy turned into a grown dog. And we know grown dog pee is on a whole nother level. I didn't want my house smell like a kennel, but I need to get them to go outside. But they're too used to thinking they can pee inside the house. And so... What I had to do is use what's called a pattern interrupt, right? A pattern interrupt is where I will sit on the couch with a folded up newspaper, like some, some animals right activists are gonna get me for this. <laughs> 
I would sit on the couch yeah. with a newspaper and I would wait till one of them would start sniffing around, which is the sign they had to go outside. And the moment I saw one begin to lift his leg, I would spring off the couch and I would pop him with the newspaper, not hard, just loud enough for the noise to startle him. And that's a pattern interrupt. Yep. Right. Because most folks are on autopilot. If there's no pattern interrupt, they'll continue with the same train of thought. Quickly, I take the dog outside, put him next to the tree and say, this is where you pee at. And after repeatedly doing that for a while, the new habit took hold. Right. The, the question I ask I most that. people that does not they're not having dynamic success or repetitive success. Can you identify the habit? Because you got to be honest with yourself. Most yes. people want to lie to themselves. Don't lie to yourself. You want to you want success. You want to grow. Can you be honest with yourself? And figure out what negative habits are slowing you down. Are you a, class, a classic procrastinator? Or mm-hmm. Are you lazy? Do you wait to the last minute? You know, what are the habits you have? And what habits do you need to be super successful? And if you can't hold yourself accountable, who else is holding you accountable to pop you with a pattern interrupt? Don't. Now, I don't mean someone needs to spring off the couch and pop you in the face with a newspaper. <laughs> well, maybe, do sometimes. That. <laughs> maybe sometimes. Well, maybe sometimes it might help out. It might work. But the idea being is. In order for me to defeat a habit, I have to first understand the habit. Yes. You know, you can't you you can't conquer what you refuse to confront. I'll say that again. You cannot conquer what you refuse to confront. So first of all, I got to know what I'm trying to confront, and I got to be honest with myself. So if well, I'm not having is the key thing, right? That's the key thing. That is, yeah. Because most thing. of us a lot to ourselves, right? Yeah. Behind I, I closed had doors, something. Yeah. I had some. I ran into a situation like this with myself. Okay. Um, and I, look, I'm self-aware to know that I love my work. Okay. I, I really, really love my work. Mm-hmm. And if not checked, I will just work through the entire day. I, I got mean, you. from from you know from five thirty mm. to eleven o'clock at night. I could if I could, I would. Right. Yeah. So then I had to create kind of this. Mm-hmm. The, the, I had to break this pattern, right? Mm. My, and obviously, my kids. I needed to. There wasn't. There was a. There was a. There was a, there was a there was, I had to be able to do it. Yeah, right? I get that. So uh, I, I'm a big process person. I love okay. processes. So I'm like, okay, mm. well, how can, and I love to automate processes. That's okay. my jam. I love automating processes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how can I automate this, right? Mm. So I was able to put something and actually schedule into my phone okay. and also on my computer where it physically turns off. Mm. All right, so my phone won't Ooh. receive notifications. They, and wow. I, it's called Kid Time. It's programmed, it's programmed into my phone. Okay. Kid Time is programmed into my phone. All right, and oh. it will turn off all my notifications. I can't receive any phone calls. Wow. All right, and I can't open, I can't open anything. Like, it literally mm. just, it's just total shutdown. But that's what I needed. Yeah. All right, to make sure that I could... Take mm-hmm. what, so I could I could not work. I just physically couldn't even do it. Okay, you know now I don't think I necessarily need anymore, even though I keep it because yeah. it's automatically programmed. But that's what I need. I need everything to physically turn off so that I could just dedicate that one amount of time. Okay, right, that two and a half hours in the evening, mm. right, between dinner and bedtime, where it was just just face to face kid time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. But what you did was you set a precedence for your new norm. You created yeah. a habit, yeah. and now that habit's on autopilot. So now it, it feels now. weird for you to go back. And start taking calls and doing business after those hours because you've been so used to not doing it. Exactly. And mm. and I think that's where, when I think of the automotive industry, I think this is where a lot of people out there that are watching and listening sure. can connect with this because they understand. Mm. Like, I can't, like, this doesn't happen on its own. Sure. Like, I got to process this. Okay. You know, if I, if I don't put it into a system or a solution that's going to hold me accountable, then it's never going to do that. And accountability. So, yes. you know, discipline and accountability. How, let's talk a little bit about accountability. Yeah. Right. I, how can we consistently hold ourselves accountable for the dipliss- the discipline that we need to execute? Wow. Well, off the bat, I'm going to be honest with you. It's very hard for everyone to hold themselves accountable. Right. Right. And, and here's the reason why. 
Um, I believe that we know our own weaknesses more more than anyone else out there. Mm. You know, as a child growing up, I'm a, I'm still a huge Spider-Man fan. But as a child growing up, I was a huge <laughs> Spider-Man fan. So you can imagine my you know my elation when they put Spider-Man head on all the different Spider-Mans in there, right? Yes. And you you were the one in the theater like oh yes, losing yeah, your mind. Well, right? I was the one in there with the whole Spider-Man outfit on. <laughs> 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 I dressed up for the occasion, right? That's so awesome. Um, but I remember speaking to a college crowd and I asked the question, I said, who's Peter Parker's, you know, true enemy? Who's his true enemy? And they start rattling off names. One yeah. said Doc Ock, uh, one said Electro, and uh, one said Rhino. And they gave good valid reasons on these different characters. And I said, to me, his worst villain was always the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. Because out of all the Spider-Man characters in the comic book, the uh, Green Goblin was the first person to know Peter Parker's real identity. Mm, Meaning, now that I know who, who you are as a person, yeah, yeah, I can attack you anytime I want to. Not only can I attack you, I can attack those that you love. The mask is there to protect your people. But since I know who you are, that makes you vulnerable to me, right? So in real life, I ask people, you know, who's your worst enemy? People don't walk around here with a real life green goblin. Their worst enemy is themselves because they know themselves, right? If I know my weakness is strawberry crunch cake ice cream, right? I have no business putting myself around strawberry crunch cake ice cream because I know me, I'm going to break almost every single time. So until I create a habit, which is 66 days of discipline, right? Is that what it is? It's, it's that, that's days. Days. 21 days is the formation of a 66 days is where scientists says it gets locked in stone. So I get to the point where I have 66 days of discipline, right? I need to find someone else to help hold me accountable. It's amazing because all of us work jobs, right? Whether you're in corporate America yes. um, or you're an entrepreneur and you have employees, we all have accountability partners in the workplace, mm -hmm. right? If I don't do what I'm supposed to do every single day, there there's an accountability for it, right? I, I, I may get fired, I may get let go, I may go to some sort of remedial training, right? So the idea being is that the corporate structure always has some form of accountability to make sure things get done because corporate typically doesn't trust you to do what you're supposed to do. Why do we think we can just go out there and do it on our own? Common sense to me point. says until I set up a structure where I know beyond shadow of a doubt that I've created a habit, right? A lot of times folks struggle with struggle with the diet, you know, struggle mm -hmm. with the diet system. And when they hit that 66 day mark, they're easily able to turn away certain things they're not supposed to have. They're not worried about it. I don't crave this. I don't crave that. I don't desire this. I don't desire that. The, the, the journey don't start out like that though, right? The journey is I need someone to hold me accountable to help me get to that part where it's locked in stone. And this is the new habit. This is the new norm. So I'm a strong believer in utilizing someone as his accountability partner yes, until I can I like get that. to that point where what I desire or what I don't desire is now habit. And now I'm not thinking about it. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think mm -hmm. accountability from the beginning, having someone to assist or maybe even creating a piece of technology yes. to help you continue to remind you to do it. Yes. All right. Um, that's that, that, that's accountability. Mm. And I think it's cool. 66 days. I didn't actually know that. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's that's really neat. Now, um, how do you feel about like, well, I'm going to go back to the, the, vis the vision real quick. Okay. Because, I, you know, a lot of what we talked about is what's ultimately going to help us actually execute on the vision. Sure. All right. Um, I feel like a vision has to be documented, otherwise it doesn't exist. Yes. But I'd love to get your thoughts. <laughs> so I love that you say that. It just happens. It, it exists up here, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> this this is my analogy of vision, right? I, I, I look at vision almost like giving birth to something. And mm -hmm. I'm going to use some scriptural reference. I know everyone here doesn't yeah, have a religious totally background, cool. but I'm going to be 100% what I, what I believe and what I think, right? So I believe that vision starts in the mind, which means that 
there's a pregnancy that takes place inside the, the cusp of the mind. There's seed inside the mind that's maturing into a thought or a vision, right? And then you get to a point where you believe in that vision so much that you open up your mouth and you start to speak that vision into existence. Mm-hmm. So you start to say out loud what it is you want. And for me, that's the birthing process. That's where it goes from the mind through the birth canal. It leaves the womb of the mind and passes the birth canal of the mouth. And once I speak it into existence, I have literally created it. Even though I haven't physically done anything, I've spoken what I want to existence. When I take those words out the air and I write them down on a piece of paper where I can look at them every day and meditate on them every day, just like a vision board, then what happens is I create a birth certificate that lets the world know that this very thing exists. So that's the process I've used for many years, which is first the formulation in the mind because thoughts are things, but then I got to open up my mouth and speak that thing into existence with the belief that it's already mine. Then I write it down and I meditate on it every single day for a lot of amount of time in the morning and in the evening and in the afternoon. And before you know it, it begins to manifest. The thoughts begin to take on their own pathway. I start to use the law of attraction to pull people towards me that may have pieces of the missile puzzle, or I start to repel the things that's actually holding me back. When I say repel, it may not be people placing the things. It could be a stale, outdated mindset because a lot of us are victims to our own false belief system. So when I say vision, once I understand it, I can give you the GPS analogy, which is pretty simple. A GPS is useless to you decide to give it an address, right? A yes. GPS is a vision machine. It's designed to, it's designed <laughs> to, to take you, you wherever yep. you want to go. But a GPS is useless to you first know where you want to go. So the question being for everyone on here, whether we're talking about business or your personal life, we're talking about your finances, your spirituality, uh, we're talking about your relationships. What address are you deciding to put inside your life's GPS in this season? Because the address is going to determine the destination. The destination gives you your vision. Mm-hmm. I like that, and, and and that is that is truly the case, right? Mm-hmm. The destination gives us give us the vision. Yes. But then it's the the consistent execution mm. of that, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think a lot Absolutely. of people will define the vision, and they're like, <laughs> okay, I'm go, I'm go, let's go, let's go. You know, but I, I think to, to to execute on a vision, it's it's a bunch of peaks and valleys. Yes. So. <laughs> And, and, the, and, that, and for a lot of people, I think that's when they ultimately end up disconnecting from Ooh. their vision. So, so how, do, how do we keep that mindset of mm. embracing these peaks and valleys? Okay. So we're going to use analogies for this because I love analogies. <laughs> I I'm an analogy too. guy, right? <laughs> so I want you to picture your life like you are playing offensive football in the NFL, okay. right? And you realize between every down, they go back into a huddle. Yep. The huddles where they discuss what play we're going to call that's designed to get us just 10 yards up the field. Notice I said 10. Right. I didn't say 20. I didn't say 30. I didn't say 50. I said 10 yards because 10 yards gives them what? A first down. Yes. The problem, most of us, we think about the highlight reels in the NFL. We think about the days of glory where Roger Starback goes back with 30 seconds left on the clock and everyone goes deep and he throws this 60 yard pass all the way down right before the end zone. They score the touchdown. It's on Sports Illustrated. It's on ESPN. It's on the highlight reels and everybody's celebrating the long bomb play that got them the victory. And so most of us go out there thinking the same exact thing to get my goals and dreams into reality. I got to go out there, run deep into the infield and throw this long bomb play. And I go, no, your job is to come up with a play that's going to move you 10 yards up the field. First down. Mm -hmm. 10 yards up the field, first down. Every day, your goal should not be the long bomb. It should be, how do I move 10 yards up the field closer to the end zone where my goal and dream is at? So what do I do every day that gives me 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, first down, 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, first down, 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, first down. Then before I know it, I'm sitting at the cusp of where I can score my goal at. Too many people make this harder than what it is, right? 
It, you you want to literally just because well, they look at the whole thing. They're looking at they're the whole looking, thing. They're not looking at the ten yards. They're, yeah, they're looking at the whole thing. <laughs> and they they say, how do you eat an elephant? And 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 it's not you don't eat it whole. You eat it one bite at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you got to eat your goals one bite at a time. Now, as your skill set improves and your habit improves, you get more comfortable with your environment. Then what you're going to notice take place and transpire is you'll you'll be able to get off a twenty yard play here. Yeah. You'll be able to get off a forty yard play here and there. Right. You'll be able to take leaps and, and leaps and jumps that'll get you over those peaks and valleys, but I got to understand that I still got to be comfortable with just moving at least 10 yards at a time because every time I get 10 yards up, I'm closer to my goal. Man, that's and that's how you have to do it. It's, it's, it's it. that one piece at a time. Bream, uh, I know we're getting towards the tail end of, tail end sure. of our time today, and boy, we covered some seriously <laughs> cool topics that could have easily been full one hour oh, long yeah. topics in themselves, but for everyone out there watching and listening mm-hmm. who would, you know, like to connect with you and and follow along with your journey Mm. um what's the best way to do so all right so a couple ways you can do this number one i'm on every social media platform so if you google kareem r ellis k-a-r-i-m r ellis i will pop up literally everywhere i'm on facebook i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram (laughs) under kareem ellis one however uh one of the easiest way to stay connected is our text blast so if they want to text the word Uh, GPS 2020, the letters GPS 2020, and text it to the number 484848. That'll get you plugged in directly to us, and you'll know everything about what's going on up to the minute. If there's a speaking engagement, if there's some sort of online virtual training or class, or some sort of free master class, they'll have access to every single iota of what's going on in the world of Kareem. And obviously, I have the Les Brown Morning Show that runs every Monday um, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Brim, this has been a lot of fun. Thank it you has so been. much for your time. Man. It has been a pleasure. This has been great. <laughs>